Hey everyone, Chris here from Midwest Coaster Fans Coaster Therapy. I hope you guys are having a wonderful weekend. It is Sunday at about 9.56 at night recording this podcast. Breaking news out of Indiana Beach, but this isn't really breaking news. This is not good news. This is not bad news. But Fun Spot is not going to be inquiring or acquiring. Sorry, need to learn proper <laughs> verbiage. Is not going to be acquiring Indiana Beach. Unfortunately, uh, a rumor, not rumor, but information being given to Indiana or being given to us is that Fun Spot was just kind of eyeballing and looking over at Steel Hog, which everybody kind of speculated that, anyways. So, yes, it is certain that uh, Fun Spot will not be buying Indiana Beach. And uh, after bringing up some tax records, which I found kind of interesting today, I went on the public informational site and I looked to see how much Indiana Beach was worth. And I cannot find out a valuation, obviously, because obviously the county would value the land and the buildings. But uh, the valuation was only like $6 million from what I could see. And I'm pretty sure it's valued a little higher than that because of the campground and Indiana Beach. But uh, what appeared, uh, there was another rumor going around that they were not paying their taxes and they owned back taxes like $200,000. That is not true. They actually are all caught up to date according to this website, uh, which is, you know, a White County website. This public information, don't worry. I didn't like breaking or hacking any tax records. But... It did show that they have been paying that on time. So whoever's taking over Indiana Beach doesn't have to worry about what kind of happened with Morgan, which many of you know that Morgan was behind on paying their electrical bill and their taxes and everything else. But nope, that is not the case here with Indiana Beach being owned by Apex. And uh, we have a YouTube video coming out tomorrow morning kind of explaining more in depth on everything dealing with that. But I wanted to get the information out there showing that indeed that... uh, Fun Spot will not be buying Indiana Beach. There are a couple other uh, prospective buyers. You have a couple of people out of Indiana. One guy that owns an oil company uh, based out of Portage, I believe, and he's looking for investors to help him with buying and acquiring the park. So that's definitely good news. Uh, there's another person that owns like a go-kart track place down in uh Gatlinburg, Tennessee, that says he's been trying to contact Apex for about a year now and has not gotten an answer. Uh, so not sure what's going on with that, but there's definitely a lot of interest in Indiana Beach and in the area of Monticello. If the park closes for good, it definitely will impact the whole area of Monticello, like I've stated in other podcasts. Uh, Monticello is kind of a tourist town, so They have the lakes, they have Indiana Beach, and they kind of depend on that. Now, obviously, White County Tourism or the White County leadership and Monticello's leadership and where Indiana Beach is located at claims that, you know, they have a backup plan. But I know everybody was hit by this unexpectedly, so I don't believe that they have a plan and they're not worried about it because, you know, that's a big thing to lose. An amusement park is a big thing to lose because it brings in so many people from all over. They might eat at the park, but a lot of times people will eat at the park, but they go outside of the park They, uh, with all the lodging and everything that's available outside of Indiana Beach. They're going to stay there for a couple days. There's just a lot of money outside of just going to a park. And the fact of the matter is that 
Indiana Beach has been around for 94 years. So many other parks aren't that old and don't hold that much history to an area, but Indiana Beach holds a lot of history. It's one of the oldest parks in the country. Obviously, Cedar Point, and I can't remember the other uh, park, but there's a couple of parks that are older than Indiana Beach. But it would be like, uh, obviously not that as major of an impact as Cedar Point, but that would be like Cedar Point closing its doors and Sandusky having to recover from it. It probably wouldn't happen in that case because Sandusky depends on it. They would recover somehow because it's obviously a town that has you know residents and businesses in there, but it's a tourist town. Uh, there's tourist city. Uh, so it's it's not uh, obviously it's not the same type of deal because Cedar Point is so much bigger than Indiana Beach, but Indiana Beach still brings in uh, dollars being spent by uh, tourists and locals, and that money in return, you know, it could be something as simple as sales tax uh, when you go to the park, things like that, uh, lodging down the street, paying for two nights down at lodging. Now, there's tons of options, but there's a lot of different resorts around the area that outnumber hotels by a long shot. So, the impact is a lot larger than people realize, and I've gotten in arguments online with a couple people that think that all there is there is a winery in Indiana Beach. They don't understand that the lake spring tourism as well. And that it is a big draw to people from Indianapolis and Chicago and all over Indiana and the Chicagoland area. Because people want to get away. They want to go on the lakes. And a lot of times what they did was they go on the lakes and they go to the park for a day or two. It's not like Indiana Beach was like this week-long destination. But some people did stay at the resort on property at Indiana Beach and stay there for a while. But obviously the main draw... Besides Indiana Beach was the lakes, and you have Lake Schaefer, Lake Freeman, you have the Tippecanoe River that goes through as well. So yes, people do enjoy boating. They do do enjoy going up and down the water. And when you close a destination like Indiana Beach, yes, it is going to cause a lot of people not to want to go to that area because uh, there's lakes all over. But uh, Indiana Beach was just another uh, draw. And I agree with, you know, the locals. They didn't agree with the uh, whole model of what Apex was following. But Apex thought it was in their best interest to do kind of like a daily admission season pass model. Unfortunately, like I've stated before, the park runs and operates off of kind of a... Kind of something similar to what Knobles in Pennsylvania operates off of. And it works best for parks like Indiana Beach. And that is pay per ride, pay to walk around, which is like $250 or $3. So we're walking around the boardwalk. Or you buy an all day wristband or an all day stone or all season pass. You got to give plenty of options to people with parks like this. You're going to have your people that buy the season passes that love the park. They're going to go all the time. You're going to have the people that only want to go like two or three times a year that decide, hey, I just want a boardwalk to buy a boardwalk pass to walk around and ride what I want to ride. You got if you appease to all these people, you're more than likely going to have more of a profit and more of an attendance base. And I've stated this many, 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 many times before. 
I'm not going to get into huge details on it, but I believe wholeheartedly that what I am stating right now is true with Indiana Beach. So whoever decides to buy the park, if that you know does happen, they need to listen to the locals, listen to the people that have been going to the park for years, and bring those people back by listening to what they would like. Not pricing, but just different uh, options that should become readily available. Like I said, you give them the option of buying an all-day wristband. You give them the option of buying per ride, paying for a boardwalk pass, or buying an all-season pass. And I... See, this is the problem. We don't really know the financial state of Indiana Beach and what it was before Morgan bought it. For all we know, Spackman could have been giving it up because the park wasn't drawing as much. But I highly doubt that because I went there the last year Spackman owned it and the park was getting plenty of visitors in there and plenty of people at the park. It was still a really popular park. And they were adding rides and attractions every other year. So if you're making a profit most likely you're going to add rides and attractions at a place like Indiana Beach. If you're not posing a profit, kind of like what Apex and Morgan experienced, you're more unlikely to invest in ride upgrades to the park. Now, I was told five years ago that most likely this scenario was going to happen with Apex. Because after Al Weber passed away, really there was nobody in the company that really knew how to run a park properly. Al Weber had a plan, and Al Weber knew people in the business to help invest in places like Indiana Beach and Fantasy Island. So once he passed away unexpectedly, the people that took over the leadership of Apex, I don't believe, knew what they were doing. They say they knew what they were doing, but they were running it into a value park, and Indiana Beach should never be a value park. If you want to run an amusement park like a fun center, then that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to run it into the ground, and that's exactly what happened in Indiana Beach. What scares me is the fact that they're uh, selling the rides off. So whoever takes control of the park before that or after that is going to be without probably a roller coaster and without a lot of flat rides. So they're going to have to invest their own money back into the park, which is fine. But I feel like Indiana Beach needs to close for one season. And a lot of people may disagree with me on this. But I believe that the park as a whole needs to close for one season. And whoever goes in there needs to tear whatever they need to tear apart, rebuild it, and give themselves plenty of time to reopen the park. Believe me, the locals will take to it. They'll be happier that somebody's taking the time and effort and not rushing into opening the place back up. Now, uh, there is a possibility that Tiger gets bought as well, which will leave the park with only the Cornball Express, Hoosier Hurricane, and Lost Coaster Superstition Mountain. If that happens, then the park's going to be down to three roller coasters instead of five. So, remember that. So, we need to support small parks like this, but obviously Apex owns the assets to the park. They can sell the rides, they can sell the infrastructure, and then they can sell the land as a whole, and somebody could go back in there and open it back up. Now, because, now the infrastructure is in place for... Indiana Beach to, you know, open back up, but I I still feel like there's been a lot of band-aids poured on the park, and I feel like whoever goes in there needs to close it down 
and do it the right way this time. Uh, Apex kind of rushed in their opening at year one, and then they realized uh, how bad a shape the rides were in, and we didn't see many we didn't see much retracking done. We, we the only roller coaster that I could see that really got retracking done was probably Cornball a little bit, not the whole roller coaster, and then Lost Coaster got fully retracted. And the ride was smooth again. But unfortunately, we didn't see the type of investments the last two seasons. Hoosier Hurricane opened their 25th season with a very raggedy ride. And after the first drop, you're getting a very bad hangbanger, headbanger, and bodybanger uh, for a wooden roller coaster. Which means, basically, the wooden tracks and the track system are not being taken care of. And that parts of the ride, our roller coaster needed to be retracted. Now, if a park properly hires the right people to retrack it, then you could retrack it in the off-season as soon as the park closes. Especially for roller coasters such as Cornball and Hoosier Hurricane. They're not that long, and it shouldn't be that hard to retrack them. Now, if you get into something hugely long like, you know, the Beast at Kings Island, obviously the retracking on that thing is going to take multiple seasons. Or... The voyage down at Holiday World, it's going to take more than just one off-season to retract the whole thing. But, like I said, whoever goes in there needs to do what they need to do, needs to make sure that the park is going in the right direction and that everything's up and running and everybody's properly trained, the dispatches, the times and everything are up, and they need to give the park a whole new image and a whole new feeling. And I truthfully believe if somebody does that, Indiana Beach will survive for years and years to come after they get a new owner. Uh, but with that being said, uh, let me know what you think. Comment below. You can comment on your on the podcast, and I'll get the messages. Uh, like I said, email me directly, MidwestCoasterFans at gmail.com. Pretty easy email to remember, MidwestCoasterFans at gmail.com. Title it to- uh, Coaster Therapy Podcast. We will get the message. We will respond back to you right away. Be sure to follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Go to patreon.com forward slash Midwest Coaster fans to join our tier system. We're going to have some exclusive content and behind the scenes videos from our winter chill out at Cedar Point on there here soon. Uh, but with that being said, this is Chris signing off from Midwest Coaster fans, Coaster Therapy Podcast. Until next time, please be sure to tune in. We're going to have better. Uh, not better news, but we're going to have more positive news coming up in the upcoming week uh, dealing with how winter chill out went. And also, I will be headed to Orlando, Florida in one week to go to Universal Studios and also possibly SeaWorld Orlando. We're not doing Disney World this time, but plan to get plenty of footage down at Universal Orlando. So if you guys have a chance to, go ahead and uh, meet up with me. I'll be happy to meet up with our fans of our page or podcast and whatever uh, and our YouTube channel. Also, be sure to follow us on YouTube and subscribe on YouTube. Just go to the search box, type Midwest Coaster Fans, and you'll run right into our page. Uh, We thank everybody for helping us grow. Uh, We're almost sitting at 500 subscribers on YouTube. It's grown almost 100 in the last week, which is crazy. And uh, we continue to grow fast and... Uh, we're also having something coming up in May on May first, two thousand or May second. It'll be 
we're going to have a big one-year anniversary event because a Midwest Coaster fan started at May 1st, 2019, so we want to do something special to commemorate that. Uh, but yeah, that's just Chris signing off for Midwest Coaster Fans Podcast here on Anchor. This is That's the name of the format. And uh, yep, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you hear future podcasts here on Midwest Coaster Fans Coaster Therapy. Thanks again for listening. Have a great one.